Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Maximilian uh, Freyamut. He's the CEO of Genesis Cloud. The website is genesiscloud.com. So Max, thank you for coming. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Rich. Yeah. So tell me about uh, Genesis Cloud. What's the uh, premise of the company? Yeah. So Genesis Cloud uh, is a very young company. In fact, uh, we started only like half a year ago. Um, I started working on the general topic like a year ago. And the the idea is um, is generally to become the biggest public cloud uh, on the market currently, which is a very bold goal. Uh, and to understand why this is not totally crazy, I think it's important to understand where we're actually coming from. Um, Genesis Cloud was founded together with uh, the founders of Genesis Mining, and Genesis Mining itself is actually the biggest cloud mining provider for cryptocurrencies out there currently. And uh, if, if you're familiar with the process of uh, mining cryptocurrencies, then you know that it requires a whole amount of hardware and data centers at uh, strategically clever places. So Genesis Mining sits basically on a, on a, on a huge treasure of uh, data centers um, stuffed with uh, modern hardware that can actually do much more than only uh, uh, cryptocurrency mining. So the idea was actually actually kind of kind of uh, evident to try something else with that hardware, and that is basically the founding idea of uh, Genesis uh, Cloud. So um, yeah, and just for um, for listeners, you know, I've done a lot of interviews in the crypto space, so mining cryptocurrencies. Uh, you know, my understanding is that you know it's a bunch of computers trying to solve a very difficult math puzzle, and the game of trying to solve that puzzle, the winner is rewarded with a certain amount of cryptocurrency, you know, created out of, uh, out of thin air, out of the machine's algorithm, um, which has a value. So that's, again, my understanding of it, uh, just for people that may not understand what that means. That's, that's what it is. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. No, that, that's exactly that, Rich. And um, to actually elaborate on that a bit further, um, these, uh, the hard problems that these computers solve um, are in fact, uh, they, they in fact depend on the currency you want to mine. So for instance, the problem is slightly different for Bitcoin than it is, for instance, for Ethereum, which are right. two popular cryptocurrencies. Um, but what a lot of cryptocurrencies, for instance, Ethereum have in common is that the problem you're trying to solve is actually parallelizable. So that means you're doing twice as good if you try it on two different computer cores or three times as good if you try it on three, uh, three different computer, uh, computer cores or like a hundred times as good if you're trying it on a hundred. And if you know a bit about computer hardware, then you'll know that this is exactly the strength of uh, GPUs. So graphical processing mm. units, the same things that basically make the consoles and computers of your kids, uh, make them able to game um, uh, right. because they were designed for graphics. But they turn out to be pretty good for a lot of other things, among them uh, uh, cryptocurrency mining, but also, and that's the important thing for Genesis Cloud, uh, other tasks like rendering of computer graphic images, which is basically the process how every Hollywood movie in the world nowadays is made, at least 90% of it, 
or also training neural networks. And those are also like two of our core target applications that we're currently uh, developing our software for. Yeah, I have a question. You say you want to be the biggest public cloud. So what is uh, Amazon or iCloud or those are private clouds owned by those companies, right? By Apple and Amazon? Um, yeah, so uh, or, or they... that's, that's not exactly right. When I say public cloud, I mean a, a cloud that's basically accessible to the public. So a private cloud would be typically um, a cloud that an own company owns and only uses for its own purposes, so for its own development efforts, for instance, or its own processes. A public cloud is something that you make public available. And actually, that's how Amazon AWS was created as well. At the beginning, it was just Amazon having, for logistics purposes, um, uh, huge data centers around the world. And then they thought, hey, wait a minute, why don't we just open them up for public and make money on the side with that? And right. that money on the side, actually, now, as you know, turned out to be the main one of the main uh, income drivers for Amazon. 73% of their operating income is nowadays actually driven from AWS, which is the cloud arm from Amazon. So, um, so there's, I mean, uh, um, so there's, there's clouds all over the place. What, what's going to be special about your cloud? Is it, are you going to show people applications they may not know about? Or are you just going <laughs> to like open the doors and say, hey, come on in, there's a cloud here, do whatever you want? Yeah, no, it's a very good question. Um, actually, the answer kind of comes back to uh, what I started to explain about uh, cryptocurrency mining. Um, there is something about cryptocurrency mining that, most people don't know because the general um, assumption is, at least the people I talk to, is that you get filthy rich if you do cryptocurrency mining. And yeah. that's not exactly right. Um, you only uh, make actually a profit if you manage to keep your operating costs extremely low. Um, so basically this whole cryptocurrency market, market has basically pushed a development um, towards lower prices and lower and more competitive uh, operating costs in a very short amount of time. Actually, it's faster than the cloud market nowadays has. has. Um, and the result of that is that basically we don't only have just data centers, like Amazon, for instance, has this data center in, like here in Germany, where the majority of our development base right now is. Um, uh, Amazon has a, a data center in Frankfurt. And I'm not sure if you know the electricity prices in Frankfurt. You probably don't, but there are like 20... 20-ish dollar cents if you make a good deal. Uh, with that price, you can actually not even mine profitably cryptocurrencies, at least not currently. Right. And uh, most of the time you can't actually. So uh, our data centers, they're directly next to power plants. They, they, they manage not only the electricity costs, but also all of the other operating costs, such as building the data center, such as um, deriving the hardware directly from the manufacturer in China, keeping the supply chain vertically integrated, no middleman, all of that is basically has basically been developed in a very short amount of time because if it wouldn't it would be pushed out of market and hmm. that that fact basically enabled us to have way lower prices than all of our competitors um and when i say way lower i mean like factor 10 at least um how do you express pricing again what's the metric uh typically in the public cloud market it, it depends it depends on the application you're talking about uh, i'm now mixing basically a lot of our target applications um, so there's for, for us there's three different uh, products and based on that I can explain the the metric of the pricing. Um, the the first one um, that is I think most comparable comparable with Amazon for instance is that you directly actually rent a computer. It's usually called depending on with what software framework you do that. It's called infrastructure as a service or sometimes also platform as a service depending on the level of abstraction you kind of enter that system. But 
generally it's, it's kind of you can imagine it like uh, renting a car um, with I don't know sixth or your car um, and you basically get to direct the computer and you can do with it whatever you want you uh, you can do whatever you want and there's specific computers of course for specific problems we serve one type of problems but generally we don't care what the exactly. ah, okay. um, one, because, one is infrastructure as a service so there someone can rent a computer that lives in your data center and they can tell it to do whatever they want Exactly. It's like renting a car and you can do whatever you want. We don't care what the customer actually does. And that is usually charged depending on the contract, but charged by the hour or by the minute, sometimes even by the second. It can also be a long-term contract, like for one or two years. Uh, that really heavily depends on the situation. Uh, the other applications that I was uh, mentioning, like rendering of uh, movies or computer graphic images or um, also training neural nets, can also be service-based. So then we're more at the service software as a service business. And there it can be um, based on other metrics, uh, like basically how many jobs do you get done? How many, I don't know, how many iterations, something like that. But generally it always comes back to uh, the time that a GPU or a computer is being used. And uh, based on that metric, I also compare our competitiveness uh, regarding the pricing with other, with other competitors like AWS, Azure, Google Cloud. I mean, basically every big company now uh, somehow endeavors in the cloud business. Hmm. Well, where's going to be your competitive advantage? Do you want to focus on being a cloud resource for uh, cloud miners of crypto, or would you rather it be generic use? I mean, what's your preference? What is your goal? Um, it's it's clearly uh, it's clearly not for uh, cloud miners because that's basically what our sister company does, Genesis Mining. They provide in okay. a very abstracted form access to um, access to these computers um, uh, for mining purposes. Um, actually, the user doesn't even know on which computer he is. He doesn't see, he doesn't know where the computer is, and he doesn't need to know that because the only thing matters is, is something called hash rate, which is basically a measure of the efficiency of how much you can mine in a certain currency. And we right. don't want to do that because, again, that's already kind of, that business is already served and it's very well served. We have more than 2 million customers. Uh, what we want to look at is specifically all the other cases. So, um, for instance, uh, studios, um, Hollywood studios, for instance, that want to render movies. And it, it, sounds, it sounds trivial, but these visual effect movies, like basically uh, every scene that you see nowadays in a modern movie, even the ones that don't look spectacular and look like a normal scene that you could have filmed, is most likely to a large extent created in the computer. And again, these computers are exactly the ones we have. And it takes a very, very long time to actually create these images. Um, it can take, i give you an example. We had recently our first short movie rendered. And basically um, uh, about 200 of these GPUs that, um, uh, that, that, that are in the computer that basically make the computer's game, uh, 200 of them were running for four days straight in order to create a two-minute movie. Um, so you can imagine in a like long movie where you also have to take shots several, several times uh, with a higher resolution in even 3D or something, this explodes. Like you need a whole farm, you need, you need huge amounts of computers that are running constantly um, in order to actually get that done. Well, as an aside, is that still, I mean, what's the point of doing that? Why not have real scenes? My guess is that it's still cheaper to do that than maybe to pay to, um, you know, get a location and the weather has to be right, or I don't know, you yeah. pay for the location and the actors to fly there and the crew and exactly. all that. Is there a price benefit? Is that why? Yeah, that that's exactly right. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm not a movie producer, so I don't know the exact rational why they, they choose that. But in some cases, it's obvious. I mean, when you do something like Avengers, obviously you can't film that. 
So it's it's right. obviously not real. It's all made in computer. You can't make planets collide or you can't do spaceships or I don't know what. Um, but in other cases uh, where it actually looks like a regular scene, where you think, why did why do you guys not like just take it like I don't know in a in a in a real studio? Um, yeah. I guess uh, yeah, I guess I guess it's the weather. I guess it's many factors, and also I think as a uh, um, uh, as a, as a um, director, you have more freedom as well. You can easier change kind of uh, circumstances. Um, you can you can easily say, okay, in this scene, the house in the background, I don't like it. I take another one, and then they just mm. do it. And uh, you don't have to right. fly your whole crew to another set and just film everything again. And I don't know. That's basically yeah. That's the background. Makes sense. Okay. So um, yeah. the cloud will find whatever uses it wants to find, but. Um... You said you want to be the biggest, or is there another metric that you'd like? Do you want to be the most affordable, or do you want to be a specialist <laughs> um, for certain industries? I mean, it seems like just being the biggest is kind of a, you know, in the contest. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I know, it, it sounds, yeah, I know what you mean. It sounds pretty crazy. Um, and I think I would have found that crazy before seeing some of the numbers that are basically created by the cryptocurrency market myself. But to give you some insight why the biggest is is not totally crazy is um, if you look at the number of GPUs, again, that's a specific uh, kind of niche of the cloud market, um, uh, then uh, you will find that in 2017, at least when you believe some studies like ones from Gartner, uh, that actually all of the big cloud providers have about 50,000 GPUs in the cloud. Um, if you add them all up, um, they say less than 50,000, in fact. Um, so, yeah. We as a company have access to roughly a million GPUs. Um, so there you can basically see that the cryptocurrency market has grown to a size, specifically with hardware accelerated devices like like the GPUs, that is uh, that is to totally nuts in regular terms. And and we are actually not limited by supply. Uh, we're only limited by demand of the market. And as we can, we hope or we, we pretty much know that we can increase the demand by lowering the price significantly this is basically where this uh where this bold statement comes from that we think we can be the biggest but to answer your question um we actually want to be the biggest specifically for the niche of hardware accelerated devices so that's a that's a niche that's not the general cloud market general cloud market is bigger there's more basically offerings than than just that and we want to incorporate that at some point but right now we, we're kind of going in that niche well one example based on what you told me already is you know, since you have so many more GPUs, you could approach the movie industry and say, hey, the fantasy you've always wanted, doing a full-length movie, <laughs> two hours, all in CGI, we could do it. And we could do it yeah, for like, right. I don't know, a third of the cost, or we could do it at all when you normally couldn't. Do you want to do that? That may be like one example of what people could do with your cloud because it has so many more GPUs. But what are some other examples that you envision? What are you, who are you going to cater to that's not being catered to right now? What kind of uses? Um... One example is, um, another example is uh, artificial intelligence. So, I mean, it's a big word, everybody uses it. Uh, a lot of times it's used in the wrong context, but um, in the context I wanna use it is basically in the context of deep learning and specifically in uh, training and inferencing neural networks. And I, I'm sure as, as this is the topic of, of your podcast uh, as well, I'm sure your listeners are somewhat yep. familiar with it. Um, as you know, uh, to basically get a neural net that does something meaningful, you first need to train it. Like, like you need to train a kid things and it has to learn things. And this training process, as right. you know, is very calculation intensive and it happens to work very, very well in GPUs as well. Um, and it's very parallelizable, which is 
the same thing in the end. And uh, that's something we definitely uh, want to do. Um, for instance, we um, or we're already doing. Um, we're, uh, for instance, actually in two weeks, there's a supercomputing conference in, in Dallas. You might know. Uh, we're going to have a booth there. And one of the things that we're presenting is together with one of our partners slash customers, um, that is a Finnish AI startup uh, called Velosa, which is doing video tagging on um, uh, on videos. Uh, so, for instance, they analyze the video content based on, for instance, faces of actors or also acts that are being uh, done within that video. For instance, it could be violence or it could, could also be nudity and uh, tag these things and, and, and flag them. And based on that, you're then able to basically search your whole movie stream, the basically eyes to able to kind of make sense and, and uh, phrase what is actually happening within these images. And um, mm. that is something we're going to, that is basically trained and inferenced um, on our cloud. And it's something that we're, um, uh, we're going to showcase together with uh, uh, Velosa and AMD on the supercomputing conference. Um, so okay. to answer your question, this is one example, AI, or one field of AI, where we basically uh, want to offer our calculation power for. Well, there's a couple of interesting things that came up. So I spoke to Qualcomm, and they make uh, mm -hmm. processors. And what, what they want to do is they're using GPUs as well, but on mm -hmm. smartphones. And they're saying mm -hmm. in, order yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. in order to bring AI to smartphones, and to That's keep right. the data private and secure and all that, you'd, you'd, it would be nice to be able for a smartphone to run AI applications and, you know, have, again, have edge computing. So since yeah, you yeah. guys are so skilled with GPUs and making them cheaper and effective, et cetera, I mean, I'm just riffing here, but that may be um, an end use of what you're doing as well, an unexpected one. Yeah, it's, it's, so it sounds like um, if I'm a company and I want to use AI applications, uh, what I can do is hook up to your cloud and you guys would be able to provide the massive parallel computing power for me to run AI applications. Otherwise, I'd have to go invest in, you know, millions of dollars of equipment, which I don't want to do. Exactly. So it sounds like that would be another use for... for that's exactly do. right. Um, that, that's exactly how it is. Basically, as a company, when you do this kind of application work, you're always, uh, uh, you always have to ask yourself, do you want to build up the computers yourself? Or uh, do, you, um, uh, do you basically want to go to a cloud solution? And usually the problem with the cloud solution is you only pay what you what you get, like you're basically on a on a clock, right? But this mm -hmm. clock is usually expensive, uh, so that's why still a lot of companies do the whole effort of building up own data centers, the old team, own own hardware, uh, own software that basically does that for themselves. Um, but actually, what we can provide is uh, we're bringing these prices so much down that you cannot actually beat that with your own data center because your data center will never be as ideally placed as ours and your hardware uh, um, supply chain will never be as vertical as ours. And at least for, this, for the case of parallel computing power like GPUs. Um, and yeah, to answer your question, that, that's exactly right. That's basically what we're offering. And to basically continue with that, um, because we were cut off, I think, when, I was, when we were still talking about Qualcomm, um, so for Qualcomm, actually, the idea would be go one step further. You don't need that AI chip on your phone, um, but you actually just need a good internet connection. And then all the rest can happen in the cloud. So you can actually have super thin clients and all the calculation power is outsourced, um, which works as long as your latency and your bandwidth is high enough and your latency is low enough. This is no problem. Okay. Well, very good. So, you know, you said that uh, the company is only about six months along. So what's your... Um... What's the plan for, for the next year? 
uh, what are you looking at doing and what's the ramp and you know, what services yeah. will be available? Mm. Yeah. Um, so in Q1 next year, so in, in a few months, basically, we're launching uh, publicly the first service, which is a, a infrastructure service, basically. Um, it's based on Kubernetes. Um, that's, a, that's a Google software for uh, a technology called containers, which is basically just a way to cut off a piece of the computer and give it to a, give it to a, a customer that then can use it. And it's a very performant and modern way to do so. Um, and that's going to launch uh, in Q1 next year. Um, we've uh, already founded within that short amount of time, several companies in several countries. We've got a development team of uh, three people in the US. We've got three people in, in Lisbon. We've got uh, now about 15 people in Germany, um, one, one guy in Vietnam. And we plan to uh, uh, enlarge and or basically uh, grow all these teams. Um, and Besides that, we've started with uh, uh, three different data centers, uh, which is uh, Sweden, Iceland, and in uh, Central Asia. Uh, and also there, we want to um, basically grow the size within the data center as well as the number of data center and coverage. We definitely plan to uh, enter China. We also plan to enter the US and, of course, get, get more customers than we have. Um, so the plans, are, the plans are big. There's presumably a lot, ha lot happening next year. And um, after the launch of the of the first infrastructure product in, in the beginning of next year, uh, we're planning to also soon launch the software as a service uh, products for rendering as well as for uh, machine learning. Uh, but the timeline there is not fixed yet. Okay. Well, very good. I mean, it's exciting what you're doing. And I know that you're super ambitious, so I think it'll work well. So w what's the best way so. for uh, people to get in touch? you know, uh, with, with you specifically or with the company mm -hmm. and to find out more to sign up for, you know, cloud service. Yeah, uh, you can just go on our homepage. Um, the one you mentioned at the beginning, uh, www.genesiscloud.com. Um, and there's basically a contact uh, form where you can reach us. Actually, these mails go directly to me. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's no problem or directly to my team. Uh, in, in one way or the other, I'll definitely be aware of it. Um, and yeah, otherwise, if you're in a supercomputing conference in two weeks, feel free to drop by at our booth. Um, you can find us on Genesis Cloud. Uh, we'll also be at the AMD booth as we're partnering with AMD as well. Um, so yeah, uh, there's there's plenty plenty of options. And by the way, I'll also be at the web conference next week, the web summit. Um, that is maybe something people know as well as it's pretty big, I think. Well, you're a busy guy. Well, excellent. Well, Max, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Rich. It was, it was great. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.